With the NowJobs app, you're only three clicks away from a new student worker. Let us introduce you to the NowJobs app. That's extra help in just a few clicks. No fuss, no administration. Download it now. Available in Belgium, the Netherlands, France, and soon in Germany. NowJobs. Get the job done. Ka-ching! your kids lock the doors you're listening to hr's most dangerous podcast chad soash and joel cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts complete with breaking news rash opinion and loads of snark buckle up boys and girls it's time for the chad and cheese podcast oh yeah march 15th is international eat an animal for pita day or as I call it, Wednesday. Hey kids, this is the Chad and Cheese Podcast, Does Europe. I'm your co-host, Joel Hammond Cheeseman. This is Chad, here comes the sun so wash. And I'm leaving waiting for GPT-5 so I can retire, funny banism. <laughs> and on this episode, Silicon Valley Bank contagion hits Europe. Microsoft Germany announces chat GPT-4 and a little buy or sell. Let's do this. Europe has a bunch of countries in it. European. Talent. Intelligence. What does it mean? Imagine a world where it's easier for you to find and know your target group. Where it's easier to recruit and attract the talent you need from a European talent pool. Every year, thousands of corporate recruiters, HR departments and intermediaries rely on Intelligence Group to make that dream a reality. Intelligence Group is the European market leader in recruitment talent intelligence. With innovative dashboards and tailor-made research in 28 European countries, it is our job to empower you as a state-of-the-art, data-driven recruitment business partner. Recruiting with data is great. Recruiting with Intelligence Group is better. Learn more about our services at intelligence-group.nl Intelligence Group, market leader in European talent intelligence. We're all over the place, for God's sakes, leaving just outside of Brussels, Joel in the Midwest, and I'm all the way in Portland watching the sun fucking come up. Who's in the best location? Not me. It's snowing and cold as shit. Leaving, leaving. He's in Europe, for God's <laughs> sakes. It is, it is a bitch waking up, and we do a good amount of, uh, of work with Europe. Mm-hmm. And waking up eight to nine hours behind, that's some bullshit, man. I don't know how anybody does work on the fucking West Coast with Europe. I don't get it. Everyone not in Portland drinking microbrews is crying a river for you right now. Better beer, Belgium or Portland, Oregon. Mm, That'd be a a good contest. Oh, it's a a different beer conversation. That's that they've got great beer here and amazing beer yeah, in, in and they Belgium, have about a 2000 yeah. year head start <laughs> yeah yeah but still america even though we are young we do ipas better than any country period yeah whatever even leaving shaking his head that he agrees with that although he's yeah. never stepped foot yeah. in portland oregon or oregon for that matter <laughs> that's true hey you don't have to that's don't true worry about it i did it for you i did it yeah. for you <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. Well, m- multiple time zones, uh, various degrees of awake and wanting to go to go to sleep yes. in a happy hour. So let's get on with the show, shall we? With shout outs, baby. A few shout outs. Uh, I'll go ahead and go first. My shout out goes to the Six Nations. I know Chad, you get a you get a boner over over soccer and uh, Ted Lasso. <laughs> uh, season three is coming uh, soon, so I know you're excited. But yes, uh, alien to most Americans is rugby. So I wanted to shine a light on one of the coolest sporting events in the world, Six Nations, where Ireland, Scotland, England, Wales, France, and Italy square off for athletic glory. As of this recording, Ireland, with St. Patrick's Day this week, is leading the contest, followed by France, Scotland, and England. Wales is too busy apparently cheering for Wrexham, and apparently uh, Italy (laughs) is still wondering why they weren't in the World Cup. Anyway, an event Chad and I will eventually attend in some form or fashion before we die. Shout out to Six Nations. Also streaming on Peacock for those Americans out there that actually have Peacock. The only rugby match I have ever watched, and I'm proud to say this, uh, is when we were in uh, St. Patrick's Day in Cork. Ireland, and we watched uh, Ireland beat up on England. So that was amazing. And I think that, to be quite frank, is the is the zenith of my needing to watch rugby. I shamefully put 20 quid on England to win that match. And I, I walked into an Irish uh, betting booth and said, can I put uh, 20 on, I- or on England? And he said, no, you can't. <laughs> no. <laughs> He took my money anyway, but he had a good time uh, sticking it to me. Yeah, and and literally took his money. So, so Levin, do you like rugby at all? Is that a Belgian sport at all? No, no, really not. I don't think we have five teams, so they're probably constantly competing each other. And I think uh, uh-huh. they ran out of fun long ago. It's all about soccer in Belgium, right? What else? What else is hot? Uh, cycling, of course. Cycling, okay. Yeah, we have... The best, we call it the Veldrijden, cycling in the fields. And only the Belgians, the Netherlands, and I think uh, Czechia does it. But we have, the best in, uh-huh. we have the best in the field cycling world. We'll stay, we'll stay in the area with my shout out to Gerard Mulder and the team over at Tex Kernel. Uh, they're just over in the Netherlands uh, for the acquisition of Jabadi. A WhatsApp messaging platform. Yes. Djibouti. What's what's the capital of Djibouti? Djibouti. No, this is Djibouti. Uh Congrats to TextKernel and Djibouti. Uh, We're going to be digging into this a little bit deeper on the shred this week and the weekly show. Also, Harard was in a skiing accident recently. So uh, get well soon, buddy. Are we sure Djibouti's not a porn star? What are you doing, step bro? I don't know. I am not sure. More on that. We'll we'll dig into that issue. We'll dig into that issue for next time. My shout out goes to Accent Jobs for launching their open minded hiring campaign. Uh, it's a very open minded thing to do. And I must say I was a bit afraid clients would not like it, but in fact they did. So we only sent CVs, uh, you know, uh, resumes, uh-huh. totally anonymized to our clients and they actually accepted and uh, it was all over the newspapers like it was a big thing which we didn't even think it was it should be normal but uh, now there aren't Mm -hmm. any mentions of um, ages or names or uh, gender etc and uh, over 70 percent of the companies in belgium claim they uh, accept it and they will uh, they will uh, go with it so open-minded hiring now is uh, the new big thing in belgium that escalated quick very nice very nice 
We're going to be very open-minded as we are coming to the UK in July, kids. That's right. Get those tickets for Wreckfest. Nebworth Park. It's not that far from downtown London. Just take the train. Come on up. The kids. Now, don't bring the kids, but bring every single person in your TA operation. This is a this is a day where we get together and we just enjoy beautiful day. Might be raining, might be sunny, but we're together drinking beer, learning about TA stuff. So great. Wreckfest. Go to chadcheese.com. Click on the events in the upper right hand corner and uh, register. But by the way, Chad and Levin, uh, Wreckfest could be an extra cheese event. Uh, word is, oh. word is, my 16-year-old son is going to be there and uh, drinking beer is legal in England for 16-year-olds. So it could get a little crazy. Watch out. Watch out. <laughs> Topics! Alright. You guys down with SVB? Yeah, you know me. Maybe no. you've heard the U.S.'s mm-hmm. second largest bank failure occurred uh, last week. Well, America sneezes and Europe sometimes gets a cold as SVB had operations in the U.K. In light of the failure, around 210 startup founders and leaders signed an open letter to U.K. Chancellor Jeremy Hunt warning that, quote, the majority of us as tech founders are running numbers to see if we are potentially technically insolvent, end quote. The signatures said... Uh, they employ more than 10,000 people and have raised venture funding totally 3.5 billion pounds. To save the day, HSBC has bought the UK arm of Silicon Valley Bank for one pound. Following the US's bank's collapse, <laughs> the purchase has brought relief to tech firms that feared they could go bust without help. The UK SVB arm had over 3,000 business customers. The deal was arranged by the U.K. government and the Bank of England, and no taxpayer money was used. The U.K. arm of SVB was small, but its collapse could have presented a risk for a sector that the government considers pivotal to the U.K.'s future economic success. SVB was shut down by U.S. regulators after its customers were hit by rising interest rates. Chad, your thoughts on SVB in Europe. I tell you what, man, the U.S. is uh, has trains and banks going off the fucking rails these days. It is ridiculous. We we, we repealed Dodd Frank, and uh, this is the kind of shit that happens. We roll back regulations on trains, and we have trains going off the track. So, I mean, as, as we as we focus on what we need to do as a society to get shit pulled together, we need to have guardrails. That's number one. And when we take away the guardrails, this kind of shit happens and it impacts the entire world. So although the U.S. parent was in financial trouble, the obviously SV Bank in the U.K. was, uh, quote unquote, in reasonable financial help before it was bought for a pound, one sterling pound by HSBC. So this feels like a kind of like a stopping of the dominoes before they actually start falling. In the UK, the the optics of SVB failure could have uh, triggered a run on the bank in the UK. So let's just uh, stop it before anything anything crazy happens. It's crazy. Uh, we did see that companies like Beamery uh, signed a letter 
that was that was out there. Uh, the CEO, I believe, of Beamery signed as the signator to the government, and uh, the the uh, UK government came through. Uh, and in the states, ZipRecruiter, I know, uh, has sort of been publicly affected by uh, the bank closure here in the states. So it's interesting that Beamery oh, over in the UK. Long uh, list. Yeah. Do you know who else is on that list? Some of this stuff is unfolding. Well, we'll have that. We'll have the U.S. list for the uh, the weekly show this week. It is a long. We'll be sure to, list. to tune into that. My my thing is that SVB took on a lot riskier loans than would normally be taken by a more conservative bank, and part of that is the DNA of being in Silicon Valley. A lot of startups, a lot of money uh, that was loaned out. When interest rates went up, when inflation goes up, the ability to pay back those loans is a lot tougher. Uh, squeeze play happened, um, and the resulting uh, collapse is what we're seeing on the news today. Now, now my thing is that if one bank that is embracing risk is is done, what message does that send to other banks in terms of loaning money to startups? Uh, to giving loans to startups, to taking what essentially is a pretty risky bet. You're not loaning money to Coca-Cola or a, a big company. Uh, the ecosystem requires that that has to happen. But if there's more uh, aversion to risk, I think that affects a lot of companies, not just in our space, but every space. And those companies employ a lot of people. Um, if there's less money in the system to take bets on startups, uh, that obviously impacts everybody. And a theme of this show has been the amount of money that's been going into startups in Europe. Um, if that starts to dry up, that's a problem. And I think if we don't see the unicorns that we've been talking about on the show that are in Europe, the personios, the high bobs, the job and talents, if they start failing, then it becomes a real problem with get, getting money into the system and getting innovation uh, hypercharged in Europe. That's my takeaway from uh, the SVB collapse and its impact on Europe. Leaving? Sometimes I felt it was too easy for startups to get money to a certain extent. But um, yeah. I just read an article in a Belgian newspaper from um, the CEO of Showpad. I'm not sure if you're familiar with Showpad. It's one of the, mm -mm. I think it's unicorn already or on its way to becoming a unicorn. It's uh, from origin, a Belgium company. They went to Silicon Valley and I'm not going to explain whatever they did. But um it's a typical Silicon Valley style company, Showpad. And they actually worked with a Silicon Valley bank and they said um, that the bank understood what they were talking about. This was the first bank they said when we were talking, they got what we were doing, they got our needs and they invested money because they believed in us. And Showpad actually did very well and I think it was a very good investment. But they wanted options on Showpad's um, future profits and then Showpad left the bank for another bank. So they, just a few months ago, so they were extremely lucky. Uh, they didn't lose anything at all. But apparently that was the, the business from uh, Silicon Valley Bank, uh, taking some kind of option on future uh, profits, not just a percentage on whatever was loaned. Yeah, I like I like how the UK actually allowed HSBC to, to cut, swoop in and and buy them. And, and, you know, there's kind of like, it's it's not bailing out the bank being SVB, but making sure that, you know, obviously the, the holders are, um, they're taken care of. There's a, there's a security net there. The problem I think that we're going to see in the U S is we're just going to bail out SVB and SVB in itself is a, is a failing business. Um, they went long 
on bonds. So you're talking about putting money into something that takes five to 10 years to get your return back, right? And most of these are short term, I need my money now types of businesses. So when you don't understand who you're actually serving and the flow of cash that happens, and then you start buying along when everything is short, I mean, it just, it makes no sense whatsoever. So from a CEO standpoint, from a business model standpoint, SVB needs to die. I'm a little bummed they didn't come to us uh, for that acquisition. I feel like one pound could be, could be something that we could, <laughs> we could take on. The other thing that <laughs> mentioned here is, is SVB was a little bit of an old boys club. And we talk a lot about the old white guys controlling things. I mean, there was, mm-hmm. there was probably a lot of dealings that were going on, uh, sort of at lunches and things like that, that normally normally wouldn't happen at regular banks. And Peter Thiel uh, pulled all of his money uh, before the collapse happened. And then you had social media, which this thing created a brush fire of people running, uh, getting their money out of the bank, and it escalated very, very quickly. Uh, that might be something unique to, to SVB that a lot of other banks won't have an issue with. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting as they dig into this because there were um, PE firms who had portfolios. Mm-hmm that uh, they the entire portfolio went after the money. It wasn't just a couple of companies that were running on the bank. I mean, we're talking about PE firms sending their entire yep. portfolio to run on the bank. So, I mean, this it's going to be interesting once we get into the forensics on what happened here. Oh, yeah. There's going to be some congressional hearings uh, to get to sort of the bottom of some of this. Yeah. All right. When we get back on the other side of the break, we'll talk about some companies that may or may not have taken money from SVB. <laughs> Europe has a bunch of countries in it. Everyone deserves their best job. That's what Fiji stands for. We make a big difference for independent recruiters with the strength of our fast-growing recruiter network. At Fiji, you can be your best self and work for the company you'd like whenever and wherever. We support you with the best digital and online recruitment marketing. We offer professional business development support, recruitment specialist training, and a bit of rebellious network meetings. Let's join strengths and help more professionals find the job they love. Celebrate recruitment and join Fiji at FYGI.nl. All right, guys, who's ready for a little buy or sell? That's right. We talk about three companies in Europe that have taken money recently. I read a summary. The boys and I buy or sell. Are you ready? to play the game here we go first up job gather a brussels-based startup which we've determined is the first brussels-based startup on the show they've raised 1.4 million euros in seed funding this brings total funding to 2.3 million euros job gather uses geotargeting and ai to help identify the score and score the most flexible employers creating what the firm calls a quote flex score for its users. Founded in 2020, the company employs 29 people. Chad, are you a buy or sell on JobGether right now, Beatle style? Jesus. Geotargeting and AI for something that's, I mean, it's its literally a very, very simple equation. I believe the latest LinkedIn data around remote work showed that uh, 13% of the jobs on LinkedIn were remote jobs and they were receiving 50% of the clicks. Remote is obviously popular and in today's world of delivering a targeted group of ind- individuals by the click and or jobs by duration, it's it's a validated business. The question is, does it need to be over-engineered with AI 
in geo-targeting and et cetera, et cetera. I mean, who gives two shits about geo-targeting if I want to work remotely? That doesn't make much sense to me. I jumped into the system. It says it had 60,000 jobs, which is not a lot of jobs, kids. The system was slow and lethargic. I mean, it was, I don't, it was very heavy on the graphics, which is probably what's slowing it down a lot. It just feels like this organization doesn't understand how to run a web business. It doesn't understand the actual industry itself, because to be quite frank, you don't have to go through geotargeting and AI and all that other bullshit to make some great cash on all of those fucking clicks and duration base, you know, dollars that you could be getting. I went into the, the site to see how they monetize. I have no fucking clue. So, you know, until it's clear to me, I love this space. I love remote. There's so much opportunity that's here. Um, but for uh, the ability to not understand the go to market for spending money on shit that they really, really don't need to, it's, it's easily a sell for me. Leave and I really wanted to love this first Brussels-based startup. I know, I know. But it's it's a job board mm-hmm. wrapped in AI, remote, geotargeting, geofencing. I mean, they could probably throw a few more buzz terms at it, but it's essentially a job board. My guess is they launched in 2020 as a job board. The shit wasn't going the way that they wanted to. And someone said, let's throw AI and remote work post-pandemic. That's definitely going to work. We'll have somebody invest in our on our site uh, that way. So if you go to the site, uh, Chad mentioned it's a bit slow. Uh, maybe that's because he's in Portland, where internet is always slow. But uh, <laughs> probably this is quote from the because all the weed. Quote, yeah, okay. yeah, the <laughs> Wi-Fi is on weed in Portland. Okay, so it says it says how does it work? How does this site work? Number one, enter the search criteria that really matters to you. That's the first step. Number two. Save your search. Number three, receive email alerts with new flex jobs. What does that sound like, kids? Sounds like a job board. (laughs) Sounds like a job board. If it sounds like a job board, walks like a duck, quacks like a duck, it's probably a duck. There's far more better services uh, that can deal with these guys do. They don't have a whole lot of funding Uh, at the moment. I think, and you guys laughed at me because I was sleep deprived last time and I said, what, a pistol in a gunfight? Yeah. <laughs> yes. This is gun meet cannon. Job gather is a big, big sell for me. Sorry, Brussels, and sorry, Levin. You're just mean because they're from Brussels, and your president, your former president, said Brussels was a hellhole, and you believed him. But uh, <laughs> I did. Trump. No, I did uh, not. <laughs> but I must say. I looked into it very happily because I thought, as you said, uh, the first Brussels startup we were going to talk about. But um, I thought if they succeeded in offering well-paying, high-quality remote work, this might actually be successful. But if it's just one of those shady scraping sites reposting old vacancies, it's a sell. And they they bring, what was it, uh, AI to a chat GPT world. So they're late. They're late once again. So I'm afraid it's a sell as well. Sorry, Brussels. Ouch. That's three sells. Three sells. Maybe we can do better on the next one. A startup based in Scotland. Welcome to all things Scottish. Our slogan is, if it's no Scottish, it's clap. (laughs) All right. Edinburgh-based Desana has raised $7.4 million in a seed round. This brings total funding to $12.1 million. 
The Dasana software lets employers connect to on-demand workspace in more than 600 cities across 60 countries and includes an interface for managing flexible workspace bookings and meeting rooms underpinned by a time scheduling portal that permits invoicing on the hour. The fresh funding will be used to boost growth, particularly in the United States. Founded in 2016, the company employs 36 people. Chad, are you ready to bust out some Bay City Rollers and sport a kilt? Or is Dasana a sell? Night. So we just we just talked about Gable, a very similar startup, a couple of weeks ago on the weekly show. Mm-hmm. Uh, new research shows that hybrid is where companies are starting to find common ground with their employees. So instead of having the come, you know, everybody all in the office fight against the uh, you know remote work, they're trying to have this hybrid kind of discussion, which all lends itself to these types of platforms, either in office or outside of the office, and that means being able to coordinate days in the office and workstations. Um, the, Desan, the Desana model is like Airbnb for a workspace. And, and you know, I love me some Airbnb. So it's got to be a buy. There we go. There we go. All right. So it's, it's only strike really is that it doesn't own Desana.com. Dasana.com is just a landing page. They need to uh, take some of this money that they've just gotten and acquire Dasana.com. Anyway, uh, the rest of the story is great. Uh, Chad mentioned Gable, which I think we both gave a, a round, uh, rousing applause on the weekly show. Airbnb for office space, by the hour, uh, genius. Uh, there's competition, but the business model is a home run as, as companies look for ways to engage employees give them space, uh, get out of their studio apartment, see the world, have meetings uh, with clients uh, somewhere other than your your uh, your apartment lobby or the Starbucks down the road. Uh, yeah, I think I think this this company's time has come. You're going to see a lot of companies like Dasana Gable uh, be successful. I still think my prediction that Airbnb will get into this space at some point will hold true as Chad shakes, nope. <laughs> shakes his head. But for me, Dasana... Nope. Just like Gable is a buy. Leaving. I agree. I like the whole concept. If it's like an Airbnb for business, it might work. As long as they focus on meeting rooms and not just desk space. Because when I'm in a city abroad and I need desk space, I go to the local Starbucks or to the library or wherever I can put my my laptop. But if you need really a meeting room or to record a podcast, something like that, then it might work. If you need some place to, to work quietly... This could be nice. And they're headquartered in Edinburgh, so they have style. It's a buy. Welcome to all things Scottish. Our slogan is, if it's like no a, Scottish, Like a smooth it's drink of Lagavulin. It's a three-way buy for Dasana. All right, let's get to Horsefly. Private equity company LDC, a subsidiary of Lloyd's Banking Group, has invested in Liverpool-based talent acquisition platform Horsefly, enabling the platform to expand internationally. Horsefly's subscription-based SaaS platform provides companies with insight on recruitment, including global talent sourcing, diversity, and pay benchmarking, as well as workforce development and planning. The company has already doubled its revenue in 2022. Chad, are you a buy or sell on Horsefly? 
Yeah, labor market information or LMI is a concept that I'm very familiar with, uh, working with state and U.S. federal government to build a national labor exchange years ago. Horsefly has hot markets in the staffing and RPO world where those groups need to understand where the talent lives and grows. Uh, government markets are always looking for new ways to look at data and tell a story. So there's money there, too. But I'm not quite confident that talent acquisition leaders will pay for this kind of market data. Either way, two out of three ain't bad in this case. So it's a buy for me. All right, all right, all right. All right. So if you go to the site, it says, quote, the most comprehensive and accurate labor data market available. I love data. I know Chad loves data. The world loves data. And Vizier, a competitor, I would say, in this space, has received $216 million as providing data to this space. Now, terms of the deal were not disclosed, which I typically do not like. I like to know how much is going in. Otherwise, it's hard to comment on exactly if it's a buy or sell. It also helps global organizations to improve recruitment planning and employer branding, which I think is an interesting spin. Uh, Companies, uh, company clients include Coke, EDF, Manpower, Indeed, Jaguar, and Land Rover, as well as Virgin Media. So for me, without knowing how much they've actually gotten, it's hard to say, but I'm going to go with a buy on Horsefly. Leaving. For me as well, data is everything. And if you want to make a decision and they offer accurate data, that's something you just can't skip. No, I think it's a buy. That's a triple buy for our friends at Horsefly. By the way, Liverpool, a hidden gem of the UK. If you have not visited, really? I highly recommend Liverpool. No <laughs> idea. Let's talk a little. Little chat GPT. Have, doesn't sound like it, does it? <laughs> Can we? Uh, which Levin <laughs> has not been able to comment on, which I'm, I'm kind of excited to get his take on this. So Microsoft Germany's CTO has said that GPT-4, the new large language AI model from OpenAI, will be introduced this week. GPT-4 is expected to be exponentially more powerful than its predecessor, GPT-3, and will likely offer multi-modal... Mo, mod, Modality. And will likely offer models, models, multi-models models that can draw information from videos and images in addition to text. That means it will be able to turn text into video, a feature already included in Google and Meta AIs. On the workforce front, Antwerp-based Stellar Labs, a company that helps organizations improve the effectiveness of their training programs, has raised 1.5 million euros to expand using chat GPT to facilitate the design process with stellar labs own tools used to validate and customize the resulting training courses. Let's talk some G chat GPT. Shall we leave in Chad and I have talked a lot about the technology on various podcasts, but you have yet to voice your opinion. What are your thoughts on chat GPT? It's a different chat chat. That's nice. You could be Chad GPT or No one's buying the Chad <laughs> GPT uh, extension. It's it's sold out all across the nation. <laughs> For me, it's uh, I'm looking forward actually to the Chad GPT farting. We're using 3.5 now, and uh, for me, it's uh, but I'm maybe 
easily flabbergasted, but for me, ChatGPT was amazing. <laughs> it's a discovery. So you're using it, but are you talking about House of HR and like the the different the different companies too? I'm using it constantly. It's like a always open wow. on my laptop and whenever I need a translation <laughs> and in Belgium, you constantly need translations. It actually mm. works. Google translate sucks. If you throw something, if you throw a word in it, it will translate the words probably to something pretty okay, but it never takes into account the, the context, etc. Chat GPT, I've oh. translated whole texts, whole uh, letters to, uh, to French, for example. And, after reading it, I had to change two or three words, but only that. So it saves a lot of time. So for us, House of HR employees, but also for me as an individual, it works definitely. And, and we are still scratching the surface of what's possible. So I was looking into the ChatGPT4 like a, an eager kid watching uh, Santa Claus. And now I think the measly 175, 175 billion Parameters used in ChatGPT 3.5 are, as I mm. said, measly compared to the trillions there are predicting in uh, GPT-4. I have no idea what this is all about, but it sounds very impressive. Trillions <laughs> of parameters used in ChatGPT-4, so I'm looking forward to it. But also, um, apparently, they confirmed there will be the possibility to generate video, and that's impressive, mm -hmm. generate images, and not just like Dali, where you can have some kind of a picture painted in the style of uh, whoever, but really mm -hmm. video and, and images. So now they're bought by Microsoft. Let's say I want to make a PowerPoint for, for Microsoft. It should be pretty, pretty easy to integrate this into PowerPoint. I'll just give a, smart, a small briefing, and they create the whole PowerPoint from A to Z. This is going to change a lot. And for us, for our business, this will change a lot as well. I mean, the moment this ha it has an impact on employees everywhere, it will have an impact on the, the damping business. Let's say a, a lawyer agency. They have 30 lawyers, and they have three what we call paralegals. We have ChatGPT. Mm -hmm. They might only use two instead of five or three. So right. it will definitely change things and we're just uh, trying to figure out how to make good use of it do we know what languages it works in i know it's fairly limited right now i know russian french german i think are our languages in addition to dutch english it works perfectly in dutch uh it it's understands dutch it's uh it speaks okay. dutch to me it's perfect and dutch isn't the, the most um common language we have only like 16 or 17 million Dutch speakers in the world, maybe a bit more. But uh, mm -hmm. Will it give you answers in Flemish, though, is the question. Well, pff, Flemish is just uh, <laughs> it's a local, ver local uh, accent from Dutch. It's the same language, actually. But it's just it sounds a bit different. But it should be the same when written. It's no Scottish, everybody. Nah, it's... it's... <laughs> So you were talking about has 175 billion parameters currently, and they're predicting mm -hmm. trillions, 100 trillion parameters. So I mean, it's that that's I mean that's just opening up the 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 data model itself. Plenty of zeros. Yeah, a lot of zeros. Image and audio with Dolly and Whisper. Um, the topics that we should be really addressing right now are th these are large language models they won't be able to uh, work in, in specific domain space, right? They, they can do kind of like the, the, the general, the general pieces. Uh, we have 
I don't want to say chatbots. We have conversational AI. We have transformative age, uh, AI in our space that is specific to the domain. And, and the big difference here is what the data or what the what the models being trained off of. Most of the most of the models that we care about being company are the behaviors and the conversations and those things that actually happen within our systems and within our candidate interactions and those types of things. None of that data is available to Chat GPT. None of it. So for us to be able to use those together, we talked to Ryan Steelberg from Veritone where they're calling it a linked uh, type of a system where you have the generative, the, the very general large language models that link with the more domain specific. I think that to me is going to be exciting. And, and Joel and I already know companies in our space who have domain specific, powerful language models. And they're also starting to use this linking of now the generalized on the chat GPT side. So this could be exciting for, for, for both sides, more specific and then also general. But do you think it would be possible to isolate the algorithm from chat GPT because it's open AI, so it should be open source and to run it, if that's a word I can use, on your own private database with, let's say, tons of contracts within legal, uh, whatever kind of legal contracts. So it could generate contracts based on perfect data because it's our data. We we uh, developed it. It's, it's proven right. to be correct. So if you only feed it with this kind of data, which is correct data, then the result should be perfect. But I'm not sure if it's possible using their API. We're looking into their APIs right now, and I know we can integrate it in our own uh, apps, for example, to help people mm -hmm. answering questions. But I was wondering... Could it be possible to use the algorithm on isolated data and only return information from there? That would be interesting. You've got to remember that those models, those more domain-specific models, uh, already have, uh, I guess, pretty much algorithms that have been training on that data for, for years. So it's much different when you have ChatGPT, which is incredibly powerful, but it's still a puppy. And it's just, if you give it this new data, it's going to take a while for it to train up on it, where these other domain-specific models have been training for, for, for years and years. So I don't know if it's going to supplant right out of the gate. I think long-term, it prospectively could. But, uh, but I think the domain vendors for recruiting and, and talent management, they, they don't have anything to worry about just yet, unless you're selling fucking vaporware. And turning text into video, what could possibly, possibly go wrong? We out. We out. We out. Wow. Look at you. You made it through an entire episode of the Chat and Chase podcast. Or maybe you cheated and fast-forwarded to the end. Either way, there's no doubt you wish you had that time back. Valuable time you could have used to buy a nutritious meal at Taco Bell. Enjoy a pour of your favorite whiskey. Or just watch big booty Latinas and bug fights on TikTok. No, you hung out with these two chuggleheads instead. Now go take a shower and wash off all the guilt. But save some soap, because you'll be back. Like an awful train wreck, you can't look away. And like Chad's favorite western, you can't quit them either. We out. You've got questions, we've got answers. Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast to learn from the world's experts. 
Join me, your host, Diane Helbig, as I chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business. You'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas, tips, and suggestions you need to realize greater success. Get what you need for your business when you need it from the people who have the answers. Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.